Hello and welcome to Simple Self-Care by Naturally Randy Kay. This is a podcast dedicated to simplifying the healing journey by aligning your self-care practices with your own inner wisdom and the natural cycles outside and within. Though self-care has become quite the buzzword, it's actually a vital tool that can fit beautifully into your everyday life. Join me as we explore how to create a deep and meaningful relationship with ourself naturally, intentionally, and simply. Hello, hello, and welcome to another time we get to spend together on the airwaves. And speaking of spending time together, I spent a good chunk of time today finally responding to a handful of your emails. I always love it when you respond to my newsletters, and I do my best at responding and responding in a timely manner, but honestly, I'm not the best at it. I still have some more to go, (laughs) but your thoughtful responses and updates on how you're doing and how this podcast is helpful really means the world to me. So know that even if I don't always get to respond or it takes me a while, I just love hearing from you and connecting on a more personal level. So keep them coming. And if you aren't subscribe to the simple letters, you can do so at naturallyrandyk.com slash newsletter. All right. Now for this week's episode, I get to share a wonderful conversation with you that I had with one of my favorite people who also happens to be a best-selling author, Kate Flanders. If you are a longtime listener, you may remember Kate coming on to chat about her first book, The Year of Less, a few years ago. And fun fact, as of right now, that episode, episode 3.1, is the most played episode of this podcast of all time. So that's neat. <laughs> and if you enjoyed that one, you are in luck because Kate is back to chat about her second, most recent book, Adventures in Opting Out, all about opting out of expectations, changing paths, and leading a more intentional life. And what a timely book for a time in our collective lives where we are doing a lot of changing paths and letting go of expectations. So I'll let the conversation speak for itself on more of Kate's background and her journey in writing this book and why it matters so much right now. But I highly, highly recommend it. And I'll provide you a link to her book and website in the show notes. But for now, take a listen as we chat about why now is the perfect time for opting out, the importance of confronting and challenging your current lifestyle, how to establish and align with your actual values, not the ones you think you should have, why it's okay and encouraged to change your mind, preparing for and embracing the messy middles of a life, why it's actually good news when you lose friends, the wisdom of loneliness, and how it is an important part of life, and more. Enjoy. All right, Kate, welcome back to the podcast. So exciting to have you. I'm so glad we could connect again. I know, it's good. Um, So last we talked, I was trying to think back, it's been like over a year or so, And we were talking about your first book, The Year of Less, and you 
we're just starting to brew some ideas for a second book and you're like I think I might want to spend some time in Europe like it was all just kind of brewing and then when I read your book that just came out Adventures and Opting Out and hearing about your trip to Europe and your book is published and like you did it (laughs) so fill us in a little bit on um I guess kind of your journey from when we last talked and then we can dig into some cool aspects of the book yeah yeah um gosh so when we talked speaking of timing I would have been living in Squamish I think Mm -hmm. yes you were I I think you were yeah so that's and Squamish is a like a small mountain town in between Vancouver um Canada and Whistler and I lived there for two years and like genuinely like loved my time in Squamish. I really liked the friends I was meeting, uh, the kind of community I'd found, especially the creative community. Um, at, like I'm, I'm sure that they do exist everywhere, different creative communities, like wherever you live, but it was really neat to sort of connect with other women who were, even though we were doing different things, like some were writers, designers, visual artists, um, coaches like we were all kind of doing different things but we were in similar spaces or like m- maybe mindsets um, so it was really neat to connect with lots of people in on like kind of similar paths with work and um, just the lifestyle and everything like I loved my time there but uh, my very first trip to Europe which I went on uh, actually just a few months after the year of less came out I went there for six weeks. Um, it actually was sort of like a crash and burn kind of trip where I just did too many things and moved way too quickly. And and by the end of it, I, and not because of the trip, there was so much stuff going on before the trip, but then add the pace of the trip and all the newness and not really being able to let any of it sink in. Um, like my mental health was not in a good place by the end of it and I took a major time out like from everything I stopped blogging I stopped really writing newsletters or doing much of anything I didn't really share anything online for probably six or eight months I think it was a year like the odd post but not a ton of stuff um and and also came home from that trip oddly knowing that I wanted to travel more and so it, uh, yeah, like through a bit of the time off through, um, uh, yeah, just exploring that I ended up giving notice at my place in Squamish so that I could travel for like most of 2019. Um, and yeah, that's something I had wanted to do since I was, I mean, honestly, like since I graduated from high school, but travel was always something that not only was just like not promoted, but whenever I would mention like, oh, I have friends who are doing this. I do like friends going to these different places. It was flat out just told to me that travel was like not an appropriate way of life, basically. Um, and that at some point you'd have to like settle down and figure things out. And um, like this stuff was just really instilled in me to the point that come like my almost mid thirties, it was still hard for me to sort of shake that off. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I did end up traveling or I spent um, like a bit more than six months of 2019 uh, in the UK specifically. And yeah, just at a much different pace, um, much slower. And it, it was uh, different and also everything I'd wanted. And, um, and then of course, 2020 has been a whole different game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good thing you got that travel in when you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, 2020. And I'm just honest about it. I'm like, 2020 is so different than what I uh, would have expected on that front, which is where mm -hmm. I'm now, uh, have been at my dad's house for almost this entire year and was so not part of the plan, obviously. Um, and I'm very fortunate. I'm like, I'm also in a, uh, not only is that something that I'm grateful I have access to, like to have a bedroom at my dad's house. Um, but I, uh, yeah, like my dad's gone basically half the year with work. And so it's fairly quiet minus the dog. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's, I'm really lucky also that uh, I don't really, like, of course, there's challenges, especially being in, like, your mid-30s, where every adult wants a little more independence and stuff like that, but um, I'm lucky to be in a position where we all get along, and uh, it's working for however long kind of we need it to work, and then, then we'll do something different. I'll go somewhere else at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what I love about your latest book is that it's kind of, you use your travels as like a story or a metaphor for just the idea of doing something differently, mm -hmm. of following your own path. And so I really resonated with it because I'm also a traveler and have really stood up for my travels throughout my life. And want that to continue to be a lifestyle of mine. But it is also really applicable to right now for when we, a lot of us are not traveling, of to really sit and think about what our life, what we're doing with our life, mm -hmm. and give like a uh, an example and some tools and some things to ponder as we have a moment to think about what's next. Do we want to keep? continuing on the path we've been doing or can this book kind of gives you a permission slip to be like let's let's just think about this here <laughs> you know and oh. here's a different path and this is what the highs and lows of choosing differently can be but it's not that you can do it kind of a thing so oh. even though I think it's coming at the perfect time because a lot of us have a moment to pause and consider, and we can use your tales and your wisdom <laughs> as a way to um, to move forward more intentionally. Yeah, I think my editor said this. She's like, I think that um, your book is actually one that has become more relevant since COVID. <laughs> She's like, yeah. that's not that's not true for everything like for all books or just for all topics. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, that was a weird one for me to grapple with because obviously the pandemic has been much harder on some people. And, and so, and also just no, no book can be like the right book for everyone. Um, but you're right. I do think that there are a lot of people 
this year who maybe this is the first time ever that they've really sort of sat still um in a like you know if you've been fortunate that you're still kind of okay financially and that uh, you haven't been impacted too much or also honestly that some some people have been impacted a lot like it's a conversation you hear a lot now of like oh my gosh when this is over so-called over like uh, something needs to be different um yeah so it is it is an interesting one and I also think pandemic especially like everyone's thoughts on it are so different but I'm I'm very much of the belief that uh, we are not it's not going to be like a crystal clear before and after I think that as time has gone on and we've been adapting to it I think that I don't think there's going to be like this magic day when it's like so-called over I think we're transitioning into something different and, and yeah, whether right now is the time that people are thinking about what they, they want to do differently in this new different, um, or in the, or in the future as they carry on and then go, okay, like, I'm not, I'm not liking this path that I'm on, or, um, I want to change this one decision or whatever. I think that now is the time that we actually, like, because things are shaken up, we can shake our own things up. Yeah. I think it's good. <laughs> I think it's good. I mean, it's it's definitely hard and confrontational. And you and I have talked about that recently, just the past few weeks of like, WTF? Uh-huh. <laughs> Why am I, you know, but it, but in the end, when you make the space for this deeper work, it will pay off. And uh-huh. I think a lot of us are just being confronted with ourselves and our life and whatever our COVID life is ending up looking like, it is a huge scramble of everything. Mm-hmm. And But the gift of that is that we get to um, put the pieces back or put the pieces in some kind of place, <laughs> yeah. how we want them to be or more in alignment with who we are. Yes. Yeah. Just yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think about that for myself, even every day too, because I'm, you know, sitting here with the question of where do I want to go? Um, yeah. What do I want the next couple of years to look like? And that was a clear answer before based on how we were living before. And it is a little different now, right? Like, especially with, um, like, every country is obviously doing this differently. But, like, if I leave Canada, I have to quarantine when I come home. So it adds this little bit of complexity of, like, okay, like, I'm not afraid to spend the two weeks alone. But if something happened to family or anything like that, it's not like I could rush to anyone's bedside and kind of help out if I was in another country. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely... We are moving almost like new puzzle pieces in a new puzzle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the same picture. Let's see. What can we do with this? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm like, I, I love it. Like, but then yeah. it looks different. It takes different shapes. <laughs> but it's the same, but it's different. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You can tell. I'm like, I feel like, I don't know about you. I'm like, 
most of most of the pandemic one thing I've noticed is my creativity has just like not been there <laughs> like I'm so glad the book is done because yeah. I'm like I could I don't know that I could write anything right I'm now. out words <laughs> yes I know. Yeah. What are, what are mouth words? What are the things that are know. supposed to come out? I don't know. <laughs> I think you're doing great. Um, one thing, speaking of living in alignment or, or, you know, bringing things into place, I really loved your take on figuring out your values because oh. it's kind of be- in the self-help world has become this thing like, well, what are your values? Here's an activity that helps you answer these questions or pick out these words from a word bank and you know your values. Mm -hmm. And I've actually always had a hard time doing that. And I've discovered it exactly how you mentioned it in the book of just figuring it out as you go, like living your life and then picking your values from what ends up happening (laughs) instead of trying to just be like, this is who I am, period, dot, you know. So can you share more about your path of getting into alignment with who you are? Yeah, oh my gosh. I have, like, first of all, same regarding your experience of uh, the exercise of, you know, here's 100 words, pick 10 that really align with you right now. I actually think that that is an exercise that is easier to do once you have figured out what your values are yeah um because I do I'm a big believer that your values maybe not core ones but like maybe year to year a couple of your values can shift based on what your priorities are um but yeah but I'm like that one I find or when I used to do it I would almost pick words that I aspired to value and so they weren't my actual values they were like the things that kind of look good on paper yeah or that like you're supposed to value or or also ones that your family values and so you're just like well this is like what we value like but do you like is it one of yours um and so often then I would find for myself like if I was picking more aspirational values then I would also create goals that were based on aspirations rather than realistic ones that I was actually going to do. So Mm -hmm. all of it, like right from the start of picking the words was just going off. And again, that's my experience. And I've had experiences in the past like 12 months where I have been able to say, do an exercise like that and feel good about it. But that's been after like a lot of inner work of like figuring out what is actually going on and where where most of or like how I have figured out what most of my values are is often by living out of alignment of them mm-hmm. and so it's more the feelings of you know every time you do something it doesn't actually feel good anymore um, so examples could be like like for me actually early days uh, or like the days before I decided to quit drinking was I was really sensing that like, I did not like waking up, first of all, because I would always pretty much wake up with a bit of a blackout. Like there was some chunk of the night that I did not remember. I did not like that. I did not like who I was when I drank, even though other people seemed to like her. I didn't like her. Um, I did not like just that I was like, I, I would act differently. Like I was not being my full self when I was drunk and so I would always just wake up with this like intense anxiety 
like, why would I have done that? Why would I have said this? Why did I talk to that person? Why did I like, just why, why, why? And none of it felt right. And so it wasn't like, cause I will say like, I'm, I don't really identify like as an alcoholic and I did not have a chemical dependency to alcohol, but I had a really unhealthy relationship with it. Like I did not know how to just have a couple of drinks. Like that was not a thing for me. Um, and, but yeah, it was really getting to this place in like my mid twenties of recognizing that uh, this does not feel good. So drinking, partying, that is out of alignment. And it, it took years of sort of not drinking for that to really sink in and feel like, yes, this is true for me. This is my way of life. I will not ever go back on this now. Um, but it took a lot of stuff in the early days of being like, nope, doesn't feel good. Same thing for me was um, like, times when I've been like I'm not going to eat meat anymore or something like that just a value thing like it's not a it's not about anyone else's choice it's not about anything like it's like oh I'm just noticing I don't feel great about it okay well like if I don't feel good about it how can I keep doing it I probably can't because every time you're doing it you're sitting there going you like you don't even feel good about this choice why are you making this choice again and again and again um and then the value or like, it can feel a little bit different too, depending on what you're end up changing paths on. But when I think about past jobs that I've left, like specifically the last one that I left, um, some of the ways that they were sort of shifting business and doing things differently was super out of uh, alignment from my own values. And so I was noticing how unhappy I was at work, um, noticing things like, before we would publish blog posts because I was the managing editor I would really have this sense of like I don't want my name on this and you're like well you probably shouldn't be working for that company then <laughs> like that's probably not the right place to be um and yeah and then with travel it was different like travel like figuring out that being on the move and traveling a bit more and um, having different experiences that that is a value for me what I noticed more so was that I felt like I was like suffocating being in one place. And when people would like ask me to make plans in the future, just this deep sense of, oh, I do not want to make plans. Like I do not want to make a commitment that's like six months out from now because I don't want to be here in six months. And, and also like in the conversations, like with say family or people who just didn't really get it, that's, that's the suffocating feeling of like, I can't even like express like what I'm wanting. Um, and it's just immediately being shut down. But like, I know that like, it's not supposed to feel this way. And like, you're not supposed to feel that way when you're talking about the things you want. And this is what, like, I should just be living my life. Why am I not just living my life? Um, but yeah, for me, more often than not, it comes from, or I can figure out my values because whatever I'm doing does not feel good. Yeah, it's it's actually paying attention <laughs> to yourself mm -hmm. and and working through the filters of the shoulds and the old ways of being, I guess. Mm -hmm. And just I think giving yourself permission to change your mind of being like this is I'm going to try this out for a while and maybe it was your value and it was in alignment for the time but it's okay for it to not be anymore I feel like you you hit the nail on something that's been coming up in conversation a lot lately is 
not only is it hard for us to let ourselves change our mind, but we actually have a really hard time letting other people change their mind. Mm. Like what? And I don't like, what is the attachment? What, what are we holding on to? Like, I'm not sure, but it's like someone makes a decision and we just want to be like, okay, well, that's the decision. That's who you are. And then if in six months or a year or five years, someone's like, actually, I'm going to do something different now. It's like, whoa, 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 what? No, <laughs> I've placed you as the person who does this. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're this person now. Uh, you can't change. <laughs> That's well, not okay. Yeah. And then if they, if they do, and I think this is like part of the challenge of opting out or doing something differently is that like, then you're perceived as being unstable Yep. or something's wrong with you yeah. and it's just it it messes I think it I don't know it it it's obviously more about them than you but yeah. <laughs> but it just kind of messes with like yeah the security thing or like they feel like they can't change like well I I stuck with the same thing forever and powered through and I'm you should too because yeah. you're also a human being you know, so it's, it's complicated. Yeah, like one well, what you're speaking to is like the feedback from others, which definitely in my experience, um, I've gotten way more negative feedback and or negative or just like, um, maybe just like a bit more judgmental than curious um, from others than positive. Like now that I've been making other choices for myself for I don't know like 10 years eight to ten years now there's less of it um, because people also over time I do think and hope can see like okay like you've made all these other choices and you seem to be fine and <laughs> like you seem to be like yeah. emotionally stable which is really the most important thing we can ask for anything from each other and hope for each other is that everyone's doing okay emotionally and yeah I'm like I think eventually people see like you can figure it out but gosh there is so much unsolicited feedback um so many extra stories like when it's already hard enough for you to decide to change your mind right because that's like to me what opting out is opting out isn't like oh I'm I'm just like not doing this and I'm just like walking away from the world and I'm like screw 2020 and like we're out like it's yeah. not that it's, it's you, you've been on one path, you've been doing one thing and you decide it's not right for you anymore. And if you have all kinds of stories that you're already grappling with, like if other people add more, it just adds this extra layer of like, oh, now I need to work through your stories on top of it. And now I need to like, almost feel like I need to explain myself or yeah, there's just so much and it takes time. But like you said, like it is so much more about the other person than it is about you. I have found that um, maybe like it, maybe it feels like 10% of what people say is actually could be true for me. And more often than not, whatever they're saying to you is just what they would be saying to themselves. Mm-hmm. So whatever their fears are about this particular thing, they're just saying to you what they, is in their own head if they were making that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's hard to see that and it's hard to like let that be okay and like take a step back from what they're saying um but it's it it is beneficial if and when you can get to that place yeah I think well you talk about it kind of in the section of your book about 
the the valleys, mm-hmm. the middle areas. So I don't have a, your book right in front of me, but it basically walks you through like you're going for a hike in mm-hmm. each aspect of the hike, which is also why I loved it because I'm a big outdoorsy <laughs> person. Um, but like, um, you know, when you start, how you prepare, and then the highs and lows of a trail that you take. And there's this part where you talk about the the valley or the middle part, the difficult parts that doesn't really get talked about a lot because a lot of people, again, especially in the self-help world, mm-hmm. is we glorify the end mm-hmm. and um, look what I did. And oh yeah, it was really hard, but I did it. Like, and then we like want to stick with that, but there's not enough talk about how messy and challenging the journey actually is and how even boring and uneventful adventures are (laughs) aspects of adventures are and like I know enough about traveling that like I have friends that like live out of their RVs and all these things when I talk to them about it I'm like so how are you (laughs) you know because it's like it is like really um there are some like really tough boring tedious parts about any kind of adventure but I really like that you brought that up and spent quite a quite a lot of time talking about it because I think a lot of us are in this messy middle right now Mm -hmm. because we are kind of at a standstill and are waiting for how our world is going to evolve and, and things. And people are freaking out (laughs) because they can't take action. A lot of the clients that I work with and um, people in my community that I talk to, it's just like, that's, it's so hard for them not to do anything. So what they end up doing is really pointless (laughs) or destructive or whatever. So um anyway this reminded me of the messy middle because of the doing things differently and and upsetting people like that's kind of part of the kind of gunk you have to work through along the way of the joys of doing something else and changing your life so anyway rambling a bit on that (laughs) but if you could kind of talk more about the valleys and the importance of them and how we can expect them and work through them in meaningful ways. Yeah. Well, I think like um, you hit the nail again. (laughs) (laughs) I need better analogies. (laughs) You're good. That's a puzzle. A nail is hitting the puzzle. (laughs) Put another piece in. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That we don't talk about it enough in the self-help space. And it's also like for that reason alone is one of the reasons that I wanted to write the book and have the Valley be such a big section of it. Because honestly, like if you were to think about, I don't know, maybe not like all of them, but if you were to name some of the most popular ones, most often what we would name or tell people about it is the end result oh well it helps you with this it helps you accomplish this and again like it's not it's not 
bad because like we're still showing here's another way of doing something here's a way that you can process or or live a little differently there's all kinds of stuff that's like helpful and we're doing a huge disservice by not talking about how hard it is in the middle because especially like in sort of the minimalism or like simple living space we're so quick to just throw around these really overly simplified statements of just like just say no and I'm like listen I'm all here for boundaries I'm so here for boundaries and saying no is important and like let's talk about what that really means or like why you would really be saying no and like the actual emotional stuff and physical symptoms like stuff that comes up when you don't have great boundaries also let's talk about when you say no and set boundaries that will disrupt some relationships that will change them that will mean you lose some like and in general just when you decide to live differently the end result is that you are probably going to lose some people along the way and we don't talk about it but it's like the most important thing to talk about and I, I don't know why we don't talk about it because like you can't just change your life and like everything else is just going to stay exactly the same other things change with it like you don't just like change one little thing and everything else like if you're really making a change it's going to disrupt some things and if we're not talking about it then it's like we're just leaving people of like, well, how do I deal with this? Or like, whatever. And, and even in the book, I'm like, I don't really give it like this clear, constant or like exact list of rules of like, and here's how you handle every conversation. And like, here's exactly how to do it. Because every relationship is different. So you can't even write that of just, you know, everyone will respond the same way. And like, here's the exact script. It will not work for everyone. But we need to talk about the fact that that is coming also because I think that um, if we can provide like a clearer picture of the emotional ups and downs that you will go through, it can just prepare people more for the journey to decide if that they can take it on. Like, are you okay with the fact that these things are going to change? Add that to your list of like, am I okay to begin? Okay, yes. Friendships are going to change. Okay, yep. I'm okay with that. Like, it's like can we just have more discussions of like properly preparing or like adding maybe a more extensive preparation list rather than just like and begin and see what happens like um because and I noticed what happened with the year of less was that you know that book was technically just about a year where I didn't buy anything unless I really needed it um and learned also a lot about like my sobriety and and stuff like, and like consumption tendencies in general and at every single book event that I did, the questions I got were always about whether or not I lost friends. Huh. And I was like, this is so interesting. Like, why does this question keep coming up? Yeah. And, and so also it was like, at first it was seemed like it was kind of the same demographic. Like it seemed to be women in their like late thirties to early forties who were asking. And then all of a sudden it wasn't, then it was guys asking, then it was people in their twenties asking. And I'm like, Oh, so it could be happening to anyone and it's totally based on your relationships. People are worried about how their social lives will change. And that makes so much sense, right? Like you don't want to enter a situation where you have nobody at the end of it. That's terrifying. Um, but that was the number one question it was, or it was the question I had at every single event. And I was like, we are not talking about this enough. And also because I didn't really like my answers at first. Like I was overly simplifying it and just being like, oh, it 
kind of like a few things change but also you can just like you know change how you hang out with people the, the activities that you do and that's like all true and some people are just not going to be interested like yeah. you can change and some people are just not going to be interested in coming along like maybe not for some of the smaller ones but I've certainly lost friends from not drinking because there are just friends who they'll say sure I'd love to have coffee or would love to like go for a walk or hike or with something sometime but it like is really short-lived and the reality is that like you're a party friend and now you're not and so you're out like and so that that's just a reality there are friends I've lost from from certain changes um and that's it's hard like that adds a real layer of like what changing your life looks like I think that it's again good news when you lose friends Mm. (laughs) because like because we don't need as many friends as we think we need Uh -uh. first of all which is big for me to say because I've always I was I never had a click in high school I floated around to all of them like I was friends with everybody and like I got a lot of value from being able to fit everywhere Mm. and being a people pleaser and all of these things and the past few years my friend group I mean I still love people and and being friendly with everybody but like my solid friend group is getting fewer and fewer and fewer and I'm actually a lot happier because Mm -hmm. I'm not spreading myself too thin or giving my life and my thoughts and my cares and my emotions over to people that aren't reciprocating and and I and my friendships get to go deeper with fewer people and so over the years I have definitely lost friends from choosing differently but luckily I I just have really low tolerance for drama so I I haven't had a lot of dramatic (laughs) fallouts um but it's been just just really fascinating. My husband is super in, introverted mm. and loves just having a few close friends. And I remember when I started having fewer close friends being like, is this okay? Like, is this how you've lived your life the entire time? He's like, yeah, it's awesome. And I'm like, I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is a new thing. So I think like, even though it is hurtful and like when I went through my divorce years ago, not to my current husband, husband, but, um, my other one, (laughs) previous (laughs) gentleman caller in in your past life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I always like to make myself sound like an old dame whenever. I love it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, uh, I I was so surprised at who ended up being there for me during that and mm. who wasn't. And actually my best friend at the time ended up getting super weird about it and not mm. being there. And she, I was just banking on her being my person. And there's many reasons why that ended up happening and we're cool now, but um but then I ended up befriending the most random people that showed up for me where I'm just like, where is this coming from? But okay. And, and they, and we're still super close. So it's just like, it's again, it's like a trust factor. It's just like, 
trusting the pros and cons, all, all of the journey. And I think what the trouble is with when you read about somebody's journey, it's almost like the lows or the middle part. A, a lot gets left out because you only talk about the dramatic parts. But then they're almost like uh, romanticized. Mm. Like people's heartaches and hard times is like, oh, look at them doing hard things. Good for them. And it's like oh. we're almost we're entertained by the tough parts. But then when we're going through it, it's not entertainment. It's the real, it's the real deal. But we're willing to like watch other people do it because we know that at the end of the movie, at the end of the book, they've overcome and look at them now. You know? So I don't know, lots of things about that, but I, I just really have come to embrace and value the messy middle because that is where you have to like you it also reminded me of this um aspect in the healing world what happens when you start correcting a compensation pattern in the body mm-hmm. um or you know healing an issue called the healing crisis where um you actually feel worse before you feel better because you're everything's off kilter. The holding patterns you had are being loosened. And so you can feel weak or get, feel in more pain. And I've had clients and people that have gone to other therapists been like, yeah, I don't know if I should still keep coming because it actually made me worse. And I'm like, hold on, let's talk about that (laughs) because maybe that's part of what you're needing and it's uncomfortable and it's painful, but you're resetting a pattern. And that is uncomfortable. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, that's a I good just, analogy. It makes I I literally have been working with a naturopath this year, and the first three or four weeks of it was awful. Oh yeah. I, I but mostly I was just so tired. Like I could, and the brain fog was wild. Um, yeah. And now I also have more energy than I've had all year so interesting yeah interesting. it's you found a better analogy than I've <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with it for now <laughs> we could probably apply it to some part of the puzzle analogy for sure <laughs> <laughs> um the other thing I was curious about was so when I started planning out this season of the podcast I asked my Instagram peeps what they wanted to hear about And I got a few questions about dealing with loneliness. Mm. And I know there's a difference between being alone and feeling lonely, but I know that you've had both. Uh (laughs) And so I was, I kind of been saving this topic for our chat just to kind of give some insights because a lot of people are in isolation or they're, um, they're feeling alone in their own crowded homes because they can't connect to the people they're used to things like that so can you address loneliness especially how we can find the joy in being alone how we can cultivate that um and again work through it if if it's a negative thing for us yeah gosh 
the loneliness has been a real thing. And um, I would say that that is an experience. I don't, I'll just say this way, like I don't often feel it when I'm traveling, which is strange because I'm often alone for a long period of time. Um, but that has taken real work to almost like get comfortable with being just with myself and like accepting that um, even if loneliness comes up, like allowing that feeling to be okay. Like there's nothing wrong with you because you're lonely. And I think that was one that I had to really work through. Um, so if it does come up occasionally with, with traveling, it's just reminding myself, like, I'm okay. I'm safe. Like I'm safe in my body. Nothing's going to happen to me. Um, and, and reminding myself of like the things that I do enjoy doing, even if it's just connecting with myself. Um, and that can be so different for everyone. So not even a thought of sort of uh, personal suggestion or anything. It's just, yeah, like what are the ways that you you are comfortable with yourself? I think traveling also requires you to, like it actually takes a lot of inner peace. And the inner peace can, for me, come with um, being okay with the choices that I'm making. Um, and so if I'm whatever I'm feeling like coming back to like am I okay with the choices I'm making and are there different ones but there's definitely real loneliness in like certain paths that I've taken like that's just travel and like there's a loneliness in sobriety um at least the route that I took of like not being part of anything like recovery groups and stuff like that um and it, I guess it, it does go back to the piece of like but this is the right choice. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's a tough one to sort of like give advice on. I think like it does always for me come back to it, like, am I, if the loneliness comes up, like, am I making the right choices for me in this time? Can I find some amount of peace in that? Um, and also like not, even though like it looks different now, especially not being afraid to reach out because I actually think this year more than anything we are learning that like if you're feeling something someone else is probably feeling it too I'm curious how you'd answer that actually or like if that's come up for you at all this year I think when I feel it I mean I kind of because I've dealt with depression for so long like I definitely feel loneliness when I'm going through even when I have a tough day because mm. there's just no way to communicate what is going on and then you know like my husband doesn't deal with depression so it it's he doesn't quite understand which I think is a good thing um <laughs> in a lot of ways but like so it's not like he can just know, like he doesn't have that knowing. So mm -hmm. it's like, a, it's hard to be in a relationship with people when you're dealing with something acutely that's just so personal and it's just completely your own relationship with yourself. And so in those moments, there is just an acceptance of like, 
it's okay that, like you said, it's okay that I'm feeling lonely with this. Like, Mm. this is just, it's okay. And then also knowing that it's not permanent. Yeah. And that there are other ways to connect. Um, And I kind of like that I have things that are with just myself. Like, you know, on the flip side, I have a lot of inside jokes with myself. Like, you know, like I have, I think the loneliness part has helped me cultivate an actual relationship with myself because there's nowhere else to go. Um, But to be like, okay, Randy, like what, what's up? Like, what's this about? And then cherishing that. I have such a personal relationship with myself that isn't dependent on anyone else. Um, and then also having different people in my life for different things. is huge. Yeah. And it's just like, there's definitely things that only my husband's going to be there for me on. Yeah. And we cultivate that. But yeah. there's things that I definitely have certain friends where I know they just get me. They just get certain things. Yeah. And so I don't have to explain it. And it's just like, let's just talk about it, you know, and have another friend for another thing. Like that's, that's the cool thing about having a small but mighty crew of friendships and relationships um, and finding the real purpose of, of each one and the roles that they play. Yeah. So um, that's kind of how I've dealt with it, especially it, it's hard because I've masked it with being so social and mm. caring so much about other people's issues. And so it's taken some time to, <laughs> to develop that friendship with myself. But yeah. I think, and then just accepting, I don't know if I mentioned this yet, but just like that it's temporary. Like there's yeah, yeah. just seasons of feeling of being more alone and feeling alone, especially when you're creating a new way of being for yourself, when you're trying to figure out (laughs) your values or your alignment, and then, you know, needing to communicate that with people that don't quite understand it. It's just, it's just a whole new process. And it's a a lot. Yeah. The, um, the personal relationship is huge. Actually, like I had an experience at the end of last year, which I, I still don't feel comfortable talking about, but I can name that it was a trauma and the loneliness I felt after it because I was, I told barely anybody. I did tell a few people because it felt important to have like a few people know. And then I didn't want to talk to anyone about it. And so I started therapy knowing that like a huge thing for me was like, I am not interested in being a victim to this. I know that I not only like need to, I genuinely want to work through this. Um, but it was very lonely for probably the first, I'm going to say three to four months where my, my French, my friend group really shrunk because I was not comfortable showing up fully in a lot of friendships. And, and then I would feel lonely in a lot of conversations with people who didn't know, because I was like, I'm not really being my full self here. Like, I'm not really showing up fully here. Um, but the personal pieces, because it really like, 
for that experience, it wasn't that any one person who did know is like who helped me get through it. It it was a hundred percent hands down like the practices of myself of like therapy, um, and and remembering that like I care about myself and I want to uh, come out of this on like on a healthier side, and but that takes a lot of like self love. And that's where I think like the loneliness piece, um, gosh, it's so hard when you feel like deeply alone in something, like in an experience and like, and, and, and a self-love practice is hard. And I think like that is the key to coming out the healthiest on, on the other side of it. Cause it can't, it can't be that like any one person can come in and save us. It will not work. Not in the long term. It might feel nice sometimes in the short term. Like there's a lot of work that we have to, and like that we're capable of, we can do it. Like, it's just, it's not, not always easy some days, but I, yeah. Yeah. It's a big topic. You know, I, I like that self-love aspect and it's almost like when loneliness creeps in, it's also an invitation to practice self-love and to just like get cozy with it. Because mm. <laughs> what else self- are you gonna do? Yeah, and like mad real, about it. Yeah, and like, what are your self-soothing mm-hmm. like practices? What are those? And everyone's will be different. But like, how can you self-soothe and not rely on something or someone else to do it for you? Um, I think it's yeah. an opportunity to build really powerful internal tools that are going to you're going to need again <laughs> because mm-hmm. you're going to feel lonely again at some point in time like mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just kind of this i hate you know when you're in the thick of it it's like i don't care that this is an opportunity for self love <laughs> like uh-huh. shut up uh-huh. but uh when you can work through that <laughs> and have these little pockets of of self love yeah. i think it's just I have come to really love moving less from loneliness and less just, or more being alone. Mm. Like I never thought I would love alone time so much because Mm. of the seasons of loneliness that I went through. I've come to really value my alone time. And I actually really love traveling by myself. Like I think (laughs) it's one of my, (laughs) like I just want to go explore a city on my own or even just commuting on my own. Cause then it just opens up so many more doors of connections and adventures. And sometimes it just feels nice to not have to go by anyone else's agenda and you just do your thing. Like I just, I really when I have like a long layover or something, I'm like, great. You know, like oh. I don't care. Nope. And uh, so I think that's one of the unexpected things that has come from my seasons of loneliness is that I've come to really enjoy being with myself and, um, you know, and prefer it sometimes. Like I love traveling with, uh, I have my people that I love traveling with and doing things with. But there's been times where I'm like, I'm just going to go to the lake cabin by myself. Like, don't come. Yeah. <laughs> I have my things I need to do. 
<laughs> Very unexpected for me because being alone used to be so, so uncomfortable. Mm. And I still meet people where they and have friends that are super uncomfortable being alone. But oh yeah. Um but it's a it's a challenge. It's a fun challenge. It's an experiment. I think so. I think so. I also like makes me think that one of the things that comes out of it and also out of opting out I didn't ever write this explicitly and it was one of those things like when the book was done I'm like I should have written about that like very clearly <laughs> at some point but I think it's really also getting to this place like even if it's like overcoming something just like loneliness or deciding to live differently where if you can get to a place where you can trust your own voice mm-hmm. and like trust that you know what is right for you um that helps immensely even just like kind of with the inner piece of like the turmoil that it might feel is like going on like if you can come to a place where you're like I trust that I'm making the right choices for me that is massive because I think we especially because I relate of being a people pleaser and so the guy if you can um begin even just to shed some some of those voices be like I know what is actually right for me like I know or like, I at least know what I want to try without anyone's input. Like, I know that I'm, I'm at least supposed to try this thing. It's, it's massive. And if you can, like when you can practice things like that and see that you, as long as it's not like an unhealthy happiness at the end of it, like if you feel good on the other side or just feel like, yeah, that was right for me. Um, you can slowly like build your own confidence and trust in yourself. I don't think you can do anything in life without, or like, you can live your life, but how do I want to qualify this? Anything positive in your life, anything healing mm. um, without having a relationship with yourself and with that voice. And when I work with my coaching clients and any sort of self-care that I teach, that's the first thing. And I think people get, I don't know if they're disappointed or like bored when people start working with me. Cause I'm like this week we're observing. I'm not, you don't do anything for self-care. Like don't do anything. Just yeah. listen to yourself and cultivate what your inner wisdom sounds like, because it doesn't matter what so-and-so is doing or what you think you should be doing or anything like you are your own healer. You are the wisest teacher and you know things about yourself that only you can know. Mm-hmm. And without cultivating that, it's impossible for you to really do anything intentional and and healing because it's just because you got to know, you got to ask yourself. Yeah. Well, and like also because at the end of the day, your goal shouldn't just just be to like make other people happy. Right? I know it's like, true. It, it and it's like really instilled into us in so many different ways that we need to be like thinking about other people like at all times. And it's like, yeah, we need to like show up for our people and whatever. But also, our people should want us to be our ourselves, um, because it will lead to the most meaningful relationships that we can have. Because that is also, I feel like I've lost people in all kinds of changes that I've made, like just circling back to that. And and I've also met the most incredible people 
who I never would have known existed. We never would have crossed paths if I hadn't taken a chance on myself in some way. Yeah, it's just making space. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because you can't see what's coming. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just, again, trust. There's a lot of trust. There's a lot of trust. And also then trusting that if it doesn't work out or like you don't like it, like we said, you can change your mind. Mm -hmm. Like if it's really not feeling right, okay, make a shift. Doesn't mean you have to go exactly back to what you were doing, but like what needs to be shifted here that will make it more positive or more towards the direction you were hoping to go. Yeah. And it will change. Mm -hmm. It's not going to look how you started and you share that in your book and Speaking of your book again, <laughs> so <laughs> how can people get a copy of your book, connect with you, um, all that jazz? All that jazz. Maybe <laughs> they want to put a piece in our puzzle. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, join our puzzle club. <laughs> we're building also, one. That also was a thing at the start of COVID. So. <laughs> oh, I totally did. Oh, man, I did the hardest loon puzzle. Oh. It was very oh, satisfying. Cool. Yeah, we did one of a, um, it was a thousand piece puzzle of this hike that I actually did in Scotland last year, but it was so hard. I think it took us like at least a month. <laughs> it it so doesn't hard. look hard, but then you're like, oh, all the trees look the same. same. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a moment where I, we finally finished it and I, and there was one piece missing and I kept it up for oh. the longest time because I'm like, We'll find Gotta that find it. <laughs> and then I'm just like, you know what, whatever. And I put it away. And then I found it randomly on the stairs to the basement. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but I did. I was satisfied that I found it. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Okay. Well, if they want to follow our no longer puzzle adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the book is available everywhere, which is um, amazing. And, uh, yeah, I'm always like, you know, support it and read it in the way that makes the most sense for you. And also if your library doesn't have it, ask your library to get it. That's also great. Um, and the best place and probably only place to find me is on Instagram. So just at Kate Flanders. And are you still, you're kind of newslettering. I like that kind of newslettering. (laughs) Um, I'm kind of newslettering. I've actually, that's the one thing I've really noticed that I'm, if I were to say, because we were talking about like, I haven't felt that creative mm-hmm. <laughs> this year or this season, is that I have like kind of started multiple newsletters and not finished them, but I'm like, there's something happening there. I think that my regular, uh, my newsletters will become a little bit more regularly because typically they're kind of like every six to eight weeks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't ever want to sort of do like weekly again. That doesn't feel quite right for me, but um, I can see myself saying more. So. I've started describing my newsletter as weekly-ish because nice. <laughs> I say weekly and then I'm like, mm, it's not exactly accurate. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you for coming back on again, sharing your insights. I highly recommend people reading this book right now. Um, so yeah. Thanks. Kate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Randy Kay a holistic health practitioner and educator that has been helping people heal through bodywork, therapeutic yoga, and self-care coaching for over a decade. 
My mission is to help people simplify the healing journey by amplifying their own inner wisdom and teaching seasonal self-care practices. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend, leave a review on iTunes, or post it on social media. And if you do that, please tag me so I can see it and connect with you that way at Naturally Randy K. You can also commune with me via email if you sign up for my weekly-ish newsletter, The Simple Letters. You can sign up at naturallyrandyk.com slash newsletter. That's naturally, R-A-N-D-I-K-A-Y dot com slash newsletter. And hearing from you in some way totally makes my life and I always make sure to personally respond. And be sure to join me next time as the self-care conversation continues. Until we meet again, take good care and enjoy the journey.